Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. So we continue our sermon series, Faith That Works. Last week we were looking at tests and trials and and how we should respond to those that they are inevitable. And this week we come to facing temptations, not the the Motown group that my mum liked to listen to so much when I was a, a child. But temptation, those times where our eyes grow wide, when we see something that is really attractive to us, that takes our eyes away from something else, maybe something that's a little bit more important. And our spiritual life is no different. It's how last week it was highlighted that trials and tests are inevitable, so are temptations. But in those tests and trials, we are called to be reliant on God. We spend time uh, reading the Bible and in prayer. James reminds us that in those tests and trials, it's an opportunity for our faith to grow. And this week does continue on that same vein, that just as tests and trials are inevitable, so are temptations. And we read in verse 13 where it says, No one, when tempted, should say, I am being tempted by God. We note that James doesn't say, if you are tempted. He says, when you are tempted. As human beings, we are open to that temptation and tests. I don't know what it is that maybe tempts you, but I shared with you earlier what it is that tempts me. I've become a a real sucker for these snacks over this last year. It doesn't matter if it's crisps or chocolate. I really wish that I could say I was tempted by going to the gym and, and climbing hills and mountains, but I can't. And I guess we all have our crosses to bear. But the link between last week and this week is there to be seen. We all probably know that it's when we are at our lowest points that we tend to succumb to the temptation far easier than in normal times. When we're really stuck in those times of test and trial, that it's at that point that we find ourselves gravitating towards the things that might not necessarily be the best for us. It's exactly what we found in our passage from Luke, where Jesus, having been baptized and been in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, you can only imagine fasting and praying to God, but probably absolutely exhausted. And it's at that point that the devil crept in, tempting us the opportunity to create food, the opportunity to do so many other things, own the kingdom, everything you can see. 
We know that when we're feeling low, that thing that is tempting us can become even shinier or more attractive. And it might make us feel better for a short while. You know, like that sugar rush or the rush of salt that I get from crisps. However, we might even be tempted into behaviors that are destructive without even realizing it's happening. We probably also know that there are certain things that will only make us feel better for a short time before the reality of our situation hits us again. We might find ourselves repeating the same patterns over and over again without ever really addressing what is the situation. Why am I feeling this way? What needs to happen? James says that it's in those times that when we're being tempted, that it's a surefire way to give birth to sin. And it's important to recognize that sin is not the thing that we do. Sin is not the thing that we do. You see, the church over the years has created like a hierarchy of things that are worse than others. And it might be to make us feel better that we're, we're not as bad as that. You know, that thing's worse than this. And that may be true, but that's not the point when it comes to sin. You see, the church has lent quite heavily on a few over the centuries, more so over these last few decades. But the reality is that sin is about missing the mark. That's what sin is. There is no hierarchy. You either miss or you hit it. In the same way, no one has the right to judge us for the things that we do any more than we have the right to judge others for how they live their life. There's only one person who can judge, and that's God. No human being is perfect, and we all make mistakes. And a good analogy for sin is that of someone trying to hit a target and missing. Like an archer, when they pull back the, the arrow and they aim for the, the target and they miss completely. That is a good analogy for sin. Or when I've attempted to play golf and tried to hit it on the fairway and completely miss it. Sin is the shot that misses the target. It's not even close, like my golfing ability. But James is highlighting in this part of the letter that God doesn't want us to miss the target. It wasn't what we were created to be. It doesn't want us to fail. It wants us to flourish. God has created us to be great. He's created us that his love should not only reach us, but that we should be vessels of sharing that love with other people. It's to build us up, and as we go out and we build others up in the name of Jesus. But one of the main issues with being tempted by things that aren't going to build us up or allow us to flourish is that in our actions, we might not necessarily only be hurting ourselves. We might end up hurting others. Because you see, if the things that we do, the things that we are tempted by, and the things that cause us to miss the target, only hurt us, well, that's a shame. 
But if we get caught in a pattern, the things that we're tempted to do and say, if it hurts others as well, well, that's even worse. Because not only do we not become that best version of ourselves that God wishes us to be, but the world loses out on receiving the best version of us. We might be tempted to lash out at people, might be tempted to speak badly about other people, might be tempted to ignore the needs of someone else because it might get in the way of something that we are wanting to do. It might take up too much of our time. The thing is, we were all made from that place of love and we are called to share that love with others. And one of the common traps of temptation is that we might find ourselves mirroring the behavior that comes our way. That when we find ourselves in that test or trial, the way that someone has responded or reacted to us, we look to try and mirror it back. You know, that eye for an eye. We might begin to justify how we are acting towards someone because they've treated us poorly. Or they've placed us in this situation that we find ourselves in. In times of struggle and tests, we can have that tendency to blame others for our external situation things that we do and the things that we say and we blame someone else. There may be things that are going on in our lives at the moment that are painful, that are really, really painful. James is reminding us not to pass the blame for our actions or the actions of others. Don't blame that. We know where we're supposed to go. And the earliest example of passing the blame onto others can be found in just the third chapter of the Bible. What is known as the fall. Here we are in chapter 3 of Genesis. Verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent tricked me and I ate it. Adam's immediate response when challenged by God it was all your fault. You put this woman here and she was the one that tricked me into doing it. If you hadn't put her here, then I would have been fine. Eve has a similar response. It was the serpent's fault. If you hadn't put the serpent here, then I wouldn't have done it. 
they immediately default to blaming someone else. But even worse, they default to blame God. It's God's fault that they find themselves in the situation they find it. However, as James highlights, we shouldn't blame God for our temptations. And indeed that God cannot be tempted. can be easy for us to fall into that same trap as Adam and Eve and say, well, God made me this way. It's obviously God's fault. And the situation with Adam and Eve is not the only example in the Scriptures of people looking to blame others for falling into the temptations. Of person after person accuse God of putting them into situations where He didn't answer their prayers, they believed that God had set them up to fail. And it's obvious that if we begin to start to think like that, we can take from James writing this in his letter that the Christians that he's writing to are, are falling into that trap too, feels the need to address it. It comes easy to say that there was no way of, of resisting or getting out of the temptation that we had. And that's why James is reminding them and us that God is not in the business of making people do things. Not in the, the business of making people do things that are certainly harmful to them. He highlights that every good and perfect thing comes from God and that we were created for amazing things. He says, do not be deceived, my beloved. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creation. The first fruits of all he created. Paul references references that a few times in his letters where we are these new creations in Christ Jesus. And that's the thing. There are some theologies that would place human beings as completely depraved, inherently evil, incapable of doing good things at all. And while it is true that without Jesus, without Jesus we are severely restricted in the good that we can do, and everything that we can fully become. However, I also believe that every single human being was created to become I want to be the best version possible of myself. We pray every week in the words to the Lord's Prayer, where we seek help not to be led into temptation, and for that deliverance from evil, that we might be rescued from sin. God is listening. And he wants us to be those best versions of ourselves. Remember Jesus' words as he is preparing and comforting his disciples as he's about to go to the cross. And he says that when I go and go to be with the Father, you'll receive the advocate, the helper. The helper is the Holy Spirit. And it is through that help of the Holy Spirit 
that we can receive that strength to resist those temptations that we might be able to step into being the best version of ourselves. You see, just as we looked at last week, where not unlike our faith, our strength to overcome temptations can be strengthened from day to day, spending more time with God in prayer, seeking His his guidance and help, reading the Scriptures, reading these amazing truths that we might be as quick as Jesus was to respond to those temptations with these truths that we find in the Bible. And it might not be an overnight transition. And it will look different from situation to situation. However, some examples might be that our tolerance for things and people that used to cause us much, much anger well, it's not quite what it once was. We find ourselves much more peaceful than we were in the past. Or our bitterness towards people or our situations are no longer there as we receive that peace and comfort. We might become so much more comfortable with who we are, not who someone else has said we are, or told us we are. We don't allow the the words or actions of other people creep into our psyche and into our lives, but we recognize that we are that new creation that God loves so much. As I say, every one of us is a unique creation, that first fruit. And the things that we're tempted to will be different from one person to the next. And it might change throughout our lives. It might be different situations. And indeed, we do find ourselves in different stages of life and different situations, different workplaces. However, the important thing to take away from this morning is that it's not God who tempts you to these things. God did not create you to be tempted by the things that will harm you. But as Christians, we are given the tools to be able to resist those temptations that will harm us and that will harm other people too. And I don't know where you are this morning. You might be feeling really strong, able to resist these temptations, and I really hope you are. You might not think that this sermon is particularly for you this morning. But it's important to remember the truths that are contained within this sermon. Not if you are tempted, but when you are tempted, that you're able to hold on to these things. However, some of you may well be struggling, needing that that encouragement, maybe a strength to, to resist the temptations that are there in life. I'm here to tell you that you can go and take these to God. God wants to help you. And it's only, as James says, good things that come from God above. God wants us to be the best versions of ourselves. Wants us to be a witness to the world. Sharing his love with others. 
doesn't want us to fall into temptations that will hurt us and indeed hurt others too. So if you are struggling with things at the moment, things that are beginning to hurt you or to hurt other people, seek God's help. Speak to Him in prayer. God is always listening, just wishing for us to speak to Him. Speak it through with someone that you trust. Let them help you to overcome it. Spend time in the Scriptures. Spend time, just a little bit of time each day, just getting to know more about God through His Word. Not so that you can win a, a, a test on, on Bible Scriptures, but so that they are able to penetrate into your life, that you're able to do as Jesus did, to respond to those temptations with Scripture, these truths. It's incredibly important that you learn not to suffer by yourself. Jesus loves you and is with you always. That is the most important thing that you can remember in life, that Jesus is with you always. And that you can rely on the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. To be able to move past temptations that spark up in our lives. And you're able to step into all that you were created to be. A new creation in our Lord Jesus. Made for greatness. Made with and for love. And made to flourish. Our passage from James prompts us to remember all of these things when we find ourselves facing temptations. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these words of James. That reminder, not if we are tempted, but when we are tempted. It reminds us that that we are a broken people, that our world is a broken one. But we give all thanks and praise for our Lord Jesus. For no matter what we've done or said, when we repent and seek forgiveness, we receive it. And Father, we pray that when we are facing those temptations, we would allow the Spirit to guide us to things that will help us, not things that will, will harm us long term. Help us to resist those short-term fixes. That we would allow the Holy Spirit to do that work of fully transforming us. That we would be a, a wonderful first fruit of your creation. Father, would you hear our prayer? For we speak it and ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.